Tell me what you're sipping on right now. I'm sipping on that hot cocoa right now. I ain't gonna lie. Slow break. Kylie Jenner. Holla at me. You fire. I ain't gonna lie. Kylie Jenner. Pull up. <laughs> you know where I be at. New York City. Come on. Viral. Move. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hello? We out. Where we at? Oh, you want to know where I'm at? We outside! 16 year old. Bitch! They try to take it to town. I got hoes calling a young nigga fuck. Where's Ollie with the motherfucking try to make make these films look this is how i can see it right and this is obviously your vision and i want you to kind of take your time trying to understand what you want but yeah. this is how it could happen you could have supreme comfort like you said as a holding company and, and a brand and then what you could do very similar to how i'm doing it with the e1b2 collective and just like like i'll tell you how my shit set up Actually, fuck my shit. I'll tell you how Gary Vee shit set up. That's like the, fuck me, I'm nothing. Gary Vee's a real example, right? Okay. Gary Vee has 
I'm gonna actually look it up for you in real time. Gary V has Vayner Media, right? No, actually, right. let me back up for a second. Let me back up for a second. I'm just gonna go to Gary V. dot com, right? So when you go to Gary V. dot com, and then you go to menu, if it wants to click. It's not working on a second. I think I watch too much porn on my phone. No. <laughs> Isn't that what you do? Isn't that what you told me to do? Watch it on your phone? Yeah, I did tell you to do that. So why are you laughing, man? I just all fucked up because of you. <laughs> because when I used to watch it on my phone, my phone never fucked up. All right, fuck all that. All right. <laughs> So he has his holding company is titled Vayner X, right? So imagine Vayner X as Supreme Comfort, right? I'm gonna rattle off everything he has, and this is why, and this is how we should structure it. And this was always my goal, and this still is my goal, if I'm being real with you. Um, speaking of that, there's somewhere that I got an idea of a business model I'm supposed to be trying to test out, but anyway, um. This is what he has under Vayner X, okay? He has Vayner Media. Okay. Vayner Media is a um, it's pretty much a consulting firm. They make content. They run, right. you know, they they handle your marketing, your marketing strategy, the actual ads, the the creative, right? Um, they have Vayner Productions. Vayner Productions makes commercials like they did a pre- they they've done a Super Bowl commercial the last 6 years. Right? <laughs> um then he has Vayner e-commerce, selling things online, giving people strategy on how to sell things online better. Then he has Vayner Talent. Vayner Talent is um, Vayner Talent. If you're like a writer or a speaker, they'll they'll represent you, and they'll get you more speaking deals. They'll get you more book deals, right? Then he has the Sasha Group. The Sasha Group would like would work with Mr. Maurice. The Sasha Group would work with like small businesses because in the technical scheme, Mr. Maurice is big, but he's actually small because yeah. like he's not fucking Pepsi. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, he's actually small. Yeah. So he works with Sasha Group's work with that. Then he has, then he has, then he bought two companies called One uh, uh, 137 and, and Pure Wow. Those are media companies. They're like online magazines. Nigga, then he then he made empathy wines that yeah. sold for a hundred million dollars. Then he made Resi, which was like, don't you know when you go on your phone and you try to book a restaurant appointment? Yeah, like open table. Yeah, like open table. He sold that for another fifty million cash. Then he has Vayner Sports. This is the I'm gonna say this is the business model. I'm gonna take. And you know when I say some shit, I actually want to try it. I'm going to take a crack at the film industry, maybe with you. And I'm going to take a crack at the sports the sports world again. Remember, that was my very first business. My very first business was you a high-level athlete in high school, like you were all-state. Um, you like a D3, D2 guy, come to the SDIP Football Academy and work with like, you know, ex-pros, high-level athletes, get like some some mental training, you know what I'm saying? We had uh, a lot of sports psychologists there. You shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like trying to actually fucking get better. That was that was the simple business model, right? Vayner Sports, nigga, he's an agent. 
he has like seven agents and his brother runs that business. Um, and then he has, and here's the biggest one, nigga. Then he has V Friends. The nigga made a hundred million dollars. Yo, V Friends is crazy, and he gets a percentage every time one of his uh, NFTs. That's that's called that's called that's called fucking digital r- real estate. That's amazing. It's called digital real estate. That's gonna be the name of the fucking podcast. Digital real estate, nigga. That's really what it is. Yeah. Because every time anyone sells anything, dude, forever, for eternity. Right? Right. It's kind of like, and and it's kind of like what the content game. So, actually, let me not get distracted. So, that's how he has his shit set up, right? So, he has his shit set up like that. He is on salary. So, follow me here. He's on salary for each one of these businesses, right? Right. So, for instance, I'll give myself a little example, right? I now just launched that podcasting business, right? I have my speaking business. But the real, real businesses I have is Beyond Resume um, and Beyond Brand, right? So, Beyond Resume, for example, might be a $3,000 client. My salary after my team gets paid with that particular company is $600 to typically like $1,200, right? Then when beyond brand out of fifteen thousand, I pay myself nine hundred. No, eleven hundred. I apologize. I pay myself eleven hundred. So, Vader. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk for a fact, nigga. Out of these fifteen brands, I guarantee he pays himself a salary of. He probably pulls twenty thousand dollars a month out of each business. Damn. Twenty thousand times fifteen. What's that? He probably definitely made. He definitely probably pays himself cash three hundred thousand dollars a month. A fucking fact. So, Miss Maurice probably pays him. What do you think? He he probably actually pays himself. See, see, and now that I'm in business a little bit deeper, maybe they don't. And here's why: maybe they because, for example, remember how I didn't technically pay myself. Like, I wasn't going to pay myself $3,000 from Beyond Brand this month. Yeah. But then I just randomly did because it was the, the the option was there. Yeah. You probably, you think that's probably how they do it? Like, I'm not. Honestly, I, yeah, I think that, you know, they, they grab it and lump sums. Yeah, when they need it, right? Yeah, when they need it. Like, okay, I need that. Boom. I need that. Boom. Yeah, they obviously probably give themselves a certain set of set amount. Like, like for example, if Beyond Brand were to do well, Beyond Resume were to do well, and another business were to do well, and let's say it generates five hundred thousand dollars, I would definitely, for a fact, put myself on salary for seventy thousand or eighty thousand, because that's pretty much what I do now. Right. You know what I'm saying now, but but then for, but that DoorDash and all this it is included, but. Um, so anyway, you could have Supreme Comfort. I'm going to use these as an example. You could have Supreme Comfort Films. You could have Supreme Comfort, the podcast, where like you're generating money because you have ads, and right. you know, um, you have uh, in partnership deals, right? So um, you have Supreme Comfort, um, the clothing brand, obviously. 
you have Supreme Comfort, fucking whatever you're interested in, you know, whatever you fucking like. I don't know. I don't know what else you like, but, um, yeah. you know, so you just, just, just could do that. And then each one, no matter, again, you probably can get to my level where each one, you know, beyond resume may not make, beyond resume may, might not make money for three months. And then out of nowhere, it just makes, I don't know, like 2000 or 3000. Right. And that's not a lot, but that just is a spurt of money. You know, beyond brand might not make anything, and then out of nowhere, like we just saw, it could make three thirty thousand. I mean, I get a speaking deal for a couple months, and out of nowhere, I get one for five thousand. So, you could do that. You could do that with Supreme Comfort too. Yeah, you're right, man. I could. You know, and just and just break it up where everything, and just pay yourself a little bit. Make sure everyone else around you eats more than you. And that's one more thing. The last tip, nigga. That's a lot. That, I learned that again very early on. When $30,000 came through, and if we, were to, if, if we were to times that out over the course of 50 different engagements, if the Beyond Brand was a full functional business, I would pay myself $55,000 and I would have executive assistants making $90,000. Oh shit! Okay. I'm not. I'm not talking this shit, nigga. Like this E one B two shit. I live this shit. I'm about to make a video right now about that shit, nigga. I'm about to hang up the phone and fucking make a video, <laughs> make a podcast. I don't have to make a podcast and put it on LinkedIn and blast that shit out. Like everyone else talks it. I fucking walk that shit. If you think Gary talks that? No, I definitely. I, I mean, that's where I got it from. I'm hoping he keeps up with that. But that is real, bro. Because Rosh and I had that meeting. We did the math. If Beyond Brand at $15,000 is an average spend, sold um, sold 50 of their of their initiatives, um, we're, we're almost a million dollar business. Right. My, my assistant would make almost six figures. My, my, my partners, my content and creative partners would make Three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. I would make sixty thousand dollars. Now, yes, there's profit, and yes, I own the business, and I can do what I want with that. But on salary, I'm paying myself the lowest amount. Right. And I hate when companies do not do that. If you look at any company right now, who's paid the most? CEO. You're supposed to be the paid the least. Why do you think that is? Because if you pay your people more. They work harder. You, it, it shows that you care, you know, because people, they have their own goals as well. So if you only care about your goals, that means you're using those people instead of caring about them. You'll get higher quality people, right? Yeah, higher quality people because you care, you know? And then, mm-hmm. and then you'll have more money at the end of the year and profits to reinvest into the business. Right, because you didn't put it all in your pocket from to begin with. Right. And I set that up on purpose because when I broke down those numbers to Rasha, she was like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that's how you wanted to structure this. You know, because technically I'm the CEO, Rasha's the COO, but we're 50-50 partners. Right. You know, you know, we're 50-50 partners. You, you know, my background, dude, I'm big on that. Like, I, you know, I want, I really, I, it's a requirement for me to have all women 
and I know this is sexist, I typically would not go into business with a dude. Like, I go into business with you, but there's not too many dudes I would do that with. Uh, why not? I don't know. I got it. Again, I'm very, I'm very motivated and inspired by Dame. I think I watched a video years ago. He was like, nigga, I've only had female co-founders outside of Jay-Z, of course. And then I was like, he's like, he's like, you can't trust niggas. He's like, niggas are too, niggas are too egotistical. They're too, they're too stubborn. You know, if you have a, if you have a female, they're naturally a little bit more submissive. And if you're, a, if you're a dominant CEO type male, yes, you might listen to other people's opinions, but at the end of the day, you kind of want someone a little bit submissive around you, you know? Yeah. Doesn't that make sense though? Yeah, it does. It does make sense because <laughs> I mean, unless you run to run into another one of those uh, that girl that you was that you was dealing with. Oh before yeah. Unless you, you run into one of those, then yeah, typically women are uh, more they're more agreeable. Yeah, yeah. And so I started that. So when I tried to make Project Twenty Thirty work, which was a um, which was a speaking and 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 like workshop workshop events business when I built look at beyond brand when I had beyond resume all of my all of my partners now and forever will always be females um I don't know any business like I don't give a shit like like you see I'm helping helping your partner like any I don't give a fuck dude any business I, I would start I would start a business with Sydney if I felt that she could pull it off you know and I think I'll attempt to try to help her one day too. Like I just think women are women are stronger than men, dude. Think so. Women are psychologically stronger than men. Think so. I think that's a fact. You supposed okay. to be you supposed to be out there, nigga. What are you doing right now? Huh? I said you both you supposed to be out there. What are you doing right now? Well, I just got finished eating because I was eating a big dinner because I'm hitting the gym later. Hold on, I gotta call my sister. My my sister got COVID. God damn it! Oh damn! Let me call you back. Hey, right, bro. Alright, man. Alright, she's good, guys. She's good. She's good. Um, my sister just got COVID. My dad's in the hospital with a slight stroke, which is not fun, and um. And my mom probably has COVID. She's trying to tough it out, but she probably also has COVID. So, look, maybe just do a little service announcement here. Like, we all know COVID's not gone. Like, we know it's not gone. It's not, um, it's not some, it's not fucking gone. All right? It's not fucking gone. Be safe. Mask up. Wash your hands. You know, I'm not saying don't go in public. I go in public. But just, just, just keep an eye on how often. For the most part, stay out the way. If you need to get out there and say hello to the world, you know, fucking do it. But just be safe. And, um, yeah, so I don't know what I'm probably going to do. I actually might. The fact that I have the pausing capability, I'm going to pause and then come back to this shit. That's what I actually love. Dude, I can pause. And I know you're like, why is it so exciting? Because the fucking platform and the system I had before, I couldn't do it. I like it. I like the fact that I can pause it. So, um Thank you for it. Thank you, Adobe. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is a great, this is amazing. All that shit, all that free game that I just gave Denzel, I want to give to everyone listening. 
those are my thoughts on business, entrepreneurship, structuring a business model. And um, yeah, those are my thoughts. So I'm going to pause it, get some shit done, and I'm definitely coming back and making some more content. So let's talk about this thing called revving up. Oh, shit, actually. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry about that, guys. I had the microphone literally um, way far away from me. So let's talk about this thing revving here. Let's talk about this. Because this is something that I think not a lot of couples understand. Actually, let me pause here for a second and gather my thoughts. Because this is going to be for a fucking bumpy wild ride. One second. Okay, revving up. What a lot of people don't understand when you're dating someone, even even in a even in a really interesting intimate relationship, right? Not even officially dating. Revving up is a really fucking interesting thing. So let me define what revving up means for those I don't know. Um, and this, as a disclaimer, will be kind of like a three to five minute sex hour moment, just to give you some context here. Um. Revving up means a couple different things. Number one, it means just completely talking big shit to your partner or the person you're trying to fuck. Just big shit. Like, you're fucking nothing. You you got fucking shitty pussy. You have fucking weak dick. I need to find somebody that can fuck me harder than you. I wish all you would do is just make me fuck. Just, I just wish you would just make me come. Like, you just say the most descriptive evil sexual things to your partner to rev them up to get them to um to get them to mentally lock in and and take back what's theirs own their territory right so that's one angle of revving up right another angle of revving up can be kind of the same but a little bit more from a jealous point of view so you could talk about how you should find another girl find another guy find another fucking partner find someone that can again fuck you harder um find someone that understands like like really again dig deep and a lot of you guys are probably thinking what the fuck is this guy talking about why would anyone want to do something like that like why would anyone want to um quote unquote rev up like that What it does psychologically, if there's an understanding between both partners that it's a joke and it's not real, but it is based in certain truths, which is the the interesting part. The point of revving up is you you, imagine climbing up a mountain, right? You, You know, you're at the bottom of the mountain. That pretty much means you're not horny. You're not doing anything sexual. The top of the mountain means if you're a guy, you're going to literally take a girl's fucking throat and squeeze the fucking living piss out of it and shove every inch of your penis down her throat. And I know that is very, very descriptive. And I really apologize to anyone that's listening, but that's the truth. And if you're a girl, you're just going to completely fucking ravish a guy and ride the, like slam the fucking shit out of your pussy on him. Right. You're going to just completely fuck them up. You guys are going to choke each other, get aggressive and all these crazy things. And revving up brings, I think, a certain level of curiosity, fun, um, intensity to a relationship that is needed. Um, Why am I bringing this up? I don't know if I want to disclose that that information, but I will say revving up is fucking amazing. In the relationship context, it's fun. It's it's interesting. You gotta watch how you do it because you can fuck shit up and, and have your partner very very upset with you. But all in all, I think revving up 
is something that a lot of couples could utilize, a lot of couples could benefit from, and a lot of people that are trying to um, trying to bring a little bit of spontaneity, spontaneity, uh, swag. You know, it's good for guy. You know, I think a woman respects a guy that can really rev up. And like, even in like some weird ways, like for example, I'll rev up and be like, tell me about a, tell me how I'm, tell me why I'm a piece of shit. Tell me why my dick's not good enough. Tell me, tell me what you need. Tell me about that guy you said you wanted to, like, like I want to know the most evil shit so I can fucking harness this anger, this pain, this frustration, this, 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 this crazy, um, animalistic control. And then I just want to completely just ravish my partner. And so... This is an idea that motherfuckers listening should try. Um, sorry, just doing a little sex hour snippet, but I had to get that out of my system. On to some other shit. Back to the film studio concept. I hope everyone liked, number one, big shout out to, to Dez and, and the and the Supreme Comfort concept and, and potential movement. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great situation. I think anyone starting a business should really think about that that holding company type model. Um, I think the idea of the film studio and strictly just writing scripts and and creating um, concepts, like literally being in like an ideation, like kind of literally being a literally literally being an incubator for ideas, scripts, narratives. Um, it could be long, long, you know, long, 100, 100 page, 120 page films, or it could be 50 to 60 page, you know, TV shows, documentaries, like just, just coming up with concepts, writing it out literally so that when you sell it to a studio, they can literally take it and continue to build on top of it. And the way that I broke down the business model of it is something that I think I would really get excited about. And I, and I could see myself, um, I could see myself doing because I think doing it that way is a very low risk with an incredibly interesting and creative, you know, pathway to success. Now, now I will say it's a business model that, that grows organically over time. So here's this, here's the team that I think you need. I think you need a CEO to manage the people and to uh, be a part of the idea generation, the IP, the, the, you know, that, that, that process. I think you need a co-founder that is a little bit more administrative and COO-esque for processy build out and just making things a little bit more sharp and efficient. I think you need, I think you could get, you obviously need to outsource writers. So you obviously need to have a partnership and a, and a team of, let's call it two to four writers that you always use, that you pay, like I said, two to 5,000 to and, and do like, um, and do like rev share partnership deals. Um, I think you need a head of partnerships who, whose only responsibility is to build meaningful relationships with indie movie studios, um, movie studios that can pay. Like if you, like if this is some real shit, like if we're going to pay $3,000 to get a, to get a script made, um, because we have the idea. So that's the thing, right? So like, and then we have a team of, we have a team of like literally idea IP generators, right? And so if we have a team of, if we have a team of three people that are coming up with the concepts and the IP of the, of the film or the TV show or the documentary, and then we just have a team of writers to actually make the content, 
right? Um, that's interesting to me. That's interesting to me because if you pay, let's say, let's say you even pay 5000 if an indie studio gives you 50 or 60 on average, you're looking at, a, you're, you know, outside of the other team members, you know, you're looking at a 55000 you know, so let's say you kicked out 20000 to make it, you're looking at a $35,000 profit. And I think, in my opinion, what you do is you start slow and you obviously incubate as many concepts as you can. And then inevitably what you do is you put yourself in a position to um, consistently have so many relationships with indie studios, enough of a, of a talent team internally and enough writers where you do five to six of those, you sell five to six a year, five to six, you know, I don't know what's six times 30. Um, you know, that's 180,000 a year. I know that doesn't sound great, but if you're looking, if you're looking at a, if you're looking at a 50% margin, you know, if you if you if you just take two hundred thousand, and you're looking at a fifty percent margin, that's a hundred thousand dollars that you made profit, right? So the CEO and the COO, the co-founders of this entire initiative, so myself and Des in this example, would make fifty thousand dollars for literally doing dick squat. Besides coming up with ideas and IP and communicate, you know, there's work to be done, but it's passive income because a lot a lot of the work is being done now. Obviously. Um, there's other people that have to get paid. So I don't really know what we would get paid, but I think there's a way to do it lean and there's a way to do it in, in, in an interesting fashion that I think um, I want to continue to think about. So another topic that a friend gave me that I think is really interesting is the following. He said, you know you're a good person because you've been a piece of shit. Or you're, you only know you're a good person because you're a piece of shit. So he thinks that certain people are only good people because they are because they are currently or have been pieces of shit so they so they can actually identify what being a good person looks and feels like. So I think for me I resonate with this because I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I'm in that mindset, right? I've done so many fucked up things. I've said so many fucked up things. I've I don't want to get too deep. I've hurt so many people and done so many things that I'm not proud of. And have so many demons inside of me that I do actually know what what it looks like and what it feels like to subconsciously, naturally, intentionally, consciously be a good person. And so I do believe that people that think they're good people are probably actually pieces of shit. And then people that have that are not actually pieces of shit. What am I trying to say? I don't even, I really don't, I'm kind of high. I don't actually know what the fuck I'm trying to say. This might be one of those moments where this is the dumbest topic ever, but I don't think so because I was talking to Dez about this. And really what I think he was saying is, um, I know I'm a good person because I'm a piece of shit. If you don't know what evil looks like or feels like, how do you, like, like, if you don't know what something, if something smells bad, you don't know something smells bad unless you know what something good smells like. And so I think that was kind of the parallel that, what, uh, what was coming out, if I'm being honest. So. Let's move the focus on because, again, that was one of those sketchy fucking topics. But I think it was a good good enough one where you can learn something from. Um, biggest mystery of life. My biggest mystery of life. Um, my personal biggest, biggest mystery in my life is, will I make it? Will I make it? 
And for those that know me, you know what I'm talking about. And for those that listen to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. And I know what I'm talking about. And I think that's enough. Anyone that doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about, um, fuck off. So my biggest mystery of life is, you know, will I make it? I think one of the biggest mysteries of, uh, of life, period, is the brain. The brain. What the fuck is the brain? The brain has an ability to interpret and perceive and to feel and to rearrange and to, you know, do to to, to have so many complexities to it. It can it can be so, so, so fucked up on its own without any input of data like the brain can be born fucked up. Right. The brain the second it's born is a technically a clean slate from what I'm hearing and understanding, but then immediately there's data. So it literally it's like this sponge just waiting for data to enter. Just waiting for moments and examples and situations and information just to enter. And that is fucking weird. So that's probably the biggest mystery of life if, if we really want to kind of get on some trippy shit. What are the last few topics here? Nothing taught by force stays in the soul. Um, I, I think I, I think I genuinely agree. I think, I think, see, see, I, I don't actually know if I agree. I think, I think there's an argument that could be made that me going to jail was by force because I wouldn't have elected, elected to go to jail on my own. Right. So it was by force. It was a law that was created. So and I think what I learned from that experience did stay in my soul. And I think I was forced. So I actually don't agree with that. I think there is something um, that can be taught that stays inside the soul by force. It just depends on what it is. Um, I think we're forced in many interesting moments and with, with relationships and people that we interact with or people that we date or, or family members or experiences that we go through. So I don't fucking agree with the statement. So again, whoever put this statement inside of this, 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 uh, this thing, this thing that I had, this shared, this shared document, I personally believe they should get fucking choked. They should get the, the piss choked out of them. Um, because nothing taught by force stays in the soul. I don't, I just genuinely don't agree with that. Now, I can say, and I'm just joking, by the way, if you guys know me, please, I'm not going to choke the piss out of anyone. Um, but I will say another inter- interpretation of this could be nothing taught by four states in the soul. I think what could happen, what could happen is when, when in certain times in a relationship, like, like here's an easy example, easy example. They say guys that try to force women to not do certain things, it rubs the woman off in a negative way, and then the woman does the exact opposite. So I think that's kind of the the the, the, the angle they're trying to probably pull on here. Um, last thing, everything that irritates us about others can lead to an understanding of ourselves. Absolutely. 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 And I'm going to end it on this because I don't want to hurt anyone personally that listens to this feelings. Any person that I ever have been hard on about their personality and, and about their mental makeup 
is because they are not willing to look themselves in a mirror and say, you are fucked up. You are a piece of shit. You are this, you are that not in a self-destructive way, but a self, a self-awareness and honesty way. And just be really raw and honest with what the fuck they're feeling, what the fuck is happening. And I think to be able to do that, right? I think to be able to do that has a certain level of value. I think to be able to do that allows you to not, right? Allows you to not get irritated when you see certain things about others that we that we wish we had or that we wish we could do better or or that we wish we you know at the bottom line is if you can be fully whole with yourself that statement won't even fucking matter to you you'll you'll, you'll ignore that statement so um this was a quick solo episode hope you enjoyed it no legacy lifestyle value did that on the last episode love you Gotta give, I gotta give my pops a call. Gotta give my moms a call. Gotta give everyone a call to make sure they're okay. But, um, not good shit happening right now. So, um, on the on the health front of family, but they'll 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 be fine. I'm hoping they'll be fine. I'm hoping they'll be healthy. Um, I think this was a dope episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Gotta go. Gotta blast. Love you.